Welcome to another episode of Thrive. It's Carly, your host. Guys, we're at number 123, which is just mind-blowing. When I started this podcast probably four years ago now, I did not expect to be sitting here still bringing the goods. I also didn't expect for the podcast to evolve in the way that it has. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day around like, Carly, what is your podcast about? And it took me a minute to kind of really connect to what has transpired, I suppose, over the last few years. And it's been such an incredible space for me to share really vulnerably for me to build like way deeper connections than are possible on, on places like Instagram or Facebook. And it's just been such a wonderful platform for me to really just share in a really authentic and real way, in, in a really authentic and real way. If you've listened before, you'll know that I don't edit the potties. You know that I don't chop bits out. I don't stop and start. I just, I just roll with it. I just speak (laughs) and I let myself really like just be that channel for what wants to come through me and what wants to be shared. And one of the most exciting things that, that are, that's happening within the podcast at the moment is I'm having more guests as you will have heard me spoken about if you've been listening for a while. And today I am so excited to share this episode with you where I spoke to Kaylin Takarczyk, who is an absolutely incredible sales and business coach. And I've been connected with Kaylin for a few years now and I've done a couple of her programs and she is just, she's fierce. I fucking love everything about this woman. And this episode, we talk all about really doing business in your way. We're throwing out the rule book and this is a huge part of what we both stand for in, in, in what we share and what we create. And I really wanted to have the conversation with Kaylin as well about sales and the confidence to actually sell, because I know that this is an area that so many people are holding themselves back in. You know, we have these, these fears around being too much, selling too much. I don't want to piss people off. I, uh, I don't want to lose followers, right? Whereas when we connect with what selling really is, and Kaylin brings up such a good point about understanding that sales is just how we live our lives. Like we would not be having these conversations on these devices. You wouldn't be listening to this episode through your headphones if it wasn't for sales. So when we can really bring ourselves back to the fact that we're just here solving problems and sharing that with the people who need it, you can have a really powerful perspective shift. So that's a little bit about what we're going to get into in the episode today. We're talking all about confidence and really allowing yourself to claim your fucking space in your industry, in your business, whatever it is that you do, and how to really be able to show up sustainably and do the things in a really aligned way. So let's get into the episode. I know that you guys are going to fucking love this. If you do love it, please make sure that you share it on your stories. Tag both Kaylin and myself, Confidence with Carly. And if it feels good, drop in and give us a a five-star rating so that we can get this potty into the ears of the people who really want and need to hear it. So let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to Thrive. It's Carly and I am here with Kaylin Tukarczyk and I've been so excited to have this beautiful combo with Kaylin and she's a sales and business coach. I've worked with Kaylin before 
and I just freaking love her and you guys are going to love hearing her. So welcome, Kaylin. Woo! Thank you for having me. So freaking excited to be here. It's so good. And it's been so long since we've actually had a combo. So I'm so excited to see what unfolds and yes. where we go. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So first of all, let's just start with the basics. And I love this question because I always, it, it always sounds so basic, but it's never basic because I love mm-hmm. how we can interpret it. But tell us a bit about who you are and what it is that you do. What's the impact that you have in the world? Right. So my name is Kaylin. I am a business and sales coach, as Carly said. And one of the biggest parts of my business and the biggest thing, and if you know me, you'll know this. If you don't know me, well, you're going to find out right now is I really help people claim their fucking space in their businesses. I help them step into their power. I help them leverage their natural strengths and just lean into those strengths and really just own who they are as the person outside of business, own that expertise, whether it's inside a business or outside of business, lean into their strengths so that their strategies feel natural for them. They feel easy for them to show up and implement. So, well, yes, I'm a business and sales coach and we do all of the things with the strategy and the foundation of your business and the building of your offers and all of that. We always sprinkle some claim your fucking space energy on it because that is what makes the biggest difference. That is where you find Mm -hmm. that sweet spot in your business where you're not only getting results, but you're feeling good about getting those results. It's it's feeling natural for you to get those results. It's feeling fun for you to get those results. And you're confident in the results that you're creating because you're creating them in a way that actually makes sense for you. So that's really mm. what my business is all about. That's what I help my clients with, my program members with, my course members with. And that's really like the why behind my brand is just helping more people. Yes, make money within their business. Yes, make more sales. Yes, build the programs, but claim their fucking space while they're doing all of those things. Mm, because I mean, and I'm sure you can relate to this and we're going to like a bit of where you've been before doing this, but I know when I first started my business and I, you know, it was like, oh, there's all of these rules and you've got to do it this way. And, oh, you can't, launch a group program if you haven't done xyz yet and it's like Mm -hmm. there's all these rules and for me I just I resisted that and it just felt so icky and so one of the the business programs that I did was your five figure foundation which was a few years ago now yes and I just found that so empowering to be able to get the guidance and the strategy but to be able to implement it in my own way yeah Exactly. Mm, because we're not all the same. We don't have the same values. We don't have the same styles. Uh, personalities. Just, we don't have the same expertise. Yep. We don't have the same skills. Like we're, every mm. single person is completely different. And what I'm good at isn't going to be the same thing that you're good at. And my personality isn't going to be the same as your personality. The way that I speak, the way that I deliver a message is going to be different than how you express yourself. And we need mm. to... And we need to look at these things and question these things and figure out how can I actually leverage the things that make me me so I can create better results in my business. But again, I feel more natural creating those results. So there's not so much resistance behind doing the things because we got to do the things. We got to do the things. You got to show up for your business. Mm -hmm. You have to have the offers. You have to sell. You have to market. But the way that you're doing those things can be tweaked and can be curated to who you are and what works for you. 
Mm, oh, and I know for me, like I remember again, first coming into my business and I was like, what do you mean? I have to sell and I have to market and I just want to be a coach. Right. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really unlocked when, when doing your program was that, yeah, I get to do it in my own way and it actually gets to be really enjoyable. And I get to throw the rule book out the window because I mean, look, I don't know about you, but I'm not really one to follow the rules in any area yeah. of my life. So it felt good to just be able to like unlock what was in me, uh, what was mm-hmm. within me. But obviously having that, that guidance, like we need that, that person there who can provide us with the framework, I guess, yeah. as such, and then give you like, you have that freedom to go and make it your own. So that's one of the things that I, I hugely love about what you do. So can you tell us a little bit about like, what's your, your story before you, you started your own business? Like, what did you do before? Yes. Well, I'll try to keep this as short and sweet (laughs) as possible. Um, (laughs) so basically we'll take it back to you. We'll take it back to like when I was 16, I, my mom opened her own business, which was really more of like a family business. It was a storefront. So I'm Mm -hmm. in high school And my first job ever was working for my mom as a retail assistant, as a sales assistant, sales associate in the store selling the products, right? And so my mom has this new business and I'm trying to figure out ways for us to get more customers, for us to make more money. This is, I felt like it was my business. I was taking ownership of it. So if it was my thing, it's going to be fucking successful. We're going to be good (laughs) at this thing, right? So I'm like, all right. How are we going to get people in the door? How are we going to make more sales? How are we going to get our brand out there? Mm. And the business that we ran was actually a cheerleading retail store. So it's it's becoming a lot more popular in Australia, but in America, cheerleading is so popular. And I'm not just talking sideline cheerleading, cheering for the football players, all of that very cliche portrayed in the American <laughs> movies, Laundry <laughs> Hill type of stuff. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking hardcore competitive all-star cheerleading and other forms of competitive cheerleading Mm. where these cheerleaders are dedicating hours and hours of their life every single week to uh, perfecting their craft, getting better at cheerleading, getting better at the tumbling, the stunts. Like there's so much, it's such an intense sport and it takes a lot of time, um, but it's also a very profitable industry and an industry that people invest a lot of money in, whether that's uniforms or sports bras, accessories, Mm. shoes, like all of these different things. Right. So that's who we were marketing to Mm -hmm. and the products that we were selling here. I am 16 years old. And this was actually the year that Instagram came out. The year Instagram came out is when I was 16, right? So it's a brand new thing. No one knew who it was. Facebook was still only really popular for a couple of years. Twitter was like a popular thing too. Instagram Mm -hmm. was like the brand new thing. I'm like, how can we get ourselves out there and not just get sales in the store, but take advantage of our online store? And I put Mm -hmm. together an entire influencer marketing campaign before, like influencers weren't even a thing back then. And I created an Instagram marketing campaign or Facebook marketing campaign, a Twitter marketing campaign where we would send product to these really popular cheerleaders, Mm -hmm. which in the industry is called like a cheerlebrity. They're like the best at the sport. (laughs) It's like, think of like the best NFL players, like cheerleaders have people like that, that they look up to who win, win the world championships every year. They're so good at what they do. They're the best tumblers. They're the best at stunting and people really admire them. And they create huge followings through that. We've seen that reflected even to this day 
in that Netflix docuseries Cheer, which was extremely successful and extremely popular. Like those people in there, Gabby Butler, when I was 16, she was super popular back then in cheerleading. She's one of the main people on that show. Um, So there's just like the huge industry for cheerleading. We started leveraging these people as almost like influencers, sending them our product getting them to post about our product, the same Mm -hmm. as influencer campaigns are built these days. And then that would direct traffic to our websites. And we just got an insane amount of sales from it. I'll never forget this one day I was working in the store with my mom, which was awesome that we were both there together. And this Irish, so we were in Orlando, Florida, this Irish family came in, they said, we just drove 45 minutes from Disney World, because that's right by where we lived. Because we flew to Orlando for a family vacation. And the only thing our daughter wanted to do was come to your store. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit, like I created that. So from then it was just like game over. I was like, Mm. I want to run a business and I want to be in marketing. Like I knew that from 16 years old. I never had any doubt, any question about what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. When Mm. I went into university, I wanted to go for an entrepreneurship degree but it was a much harder um, major to get into. They only selected like 50 people a year. So, and I mm-hmm. went to one of the top 50 business schools in the United States, Florida State University, go Knowles. And so it was very competitive to get into that program. So I went for a marketing degree. So I had my marketing degree, graduated with my marketing degree. After university, I was like, oh my God, I am not prepared for the real world. I went, I lived in Europe, traveled Europe, backpacked through Europe, lived in Spain with my best friend. We did that Mm. until we depleted our bank accounts. And then we're like, oh (laughs) shit, I think we should probably move back home. I think it's time to get a job. We don't really have to keep avoiding it. Yeah. And so when we were getting ready to move back home, I'm online applying for a bunch of marketing, social media marketing jobs with um, like really, you know, Fortune 500 companies, things Mm. like that. I have a marketing degree. I'm only like six years removed from my university. I had internship experience working with Fortune 500 companies and I couldn't get a fucking job. No one wanted to buy. I couldn't even get in the door. I couldn't even get an interview. And so finally I was like, okay, what's my fallback going to be? What else would I want to do with my life? Well, I'm really good at sales. I'm interested in sales. I have worked in sales. I took university classes around sales. My dad is in sales and Mm -hmm. it's always just come really natural for me. Why don't I start looking for sales jobs, which is how I started my corporate sales career. Got Mm -hmm. into that, fucking smashed it, broke like all of the records in my office, was speaking at our international meetings in front of thousands of people. I was sales coaching for the company. So new hires, Mm. they would all get coached by me. I was training people who had been there years prior to me on how to sell because again, it was something that did come natural to me, something that I was good at and something that I had a really deep understanding of like, this is why sales works. And I just had a really strong grasp on like the relationship building aspect of sales how to build relationships quickly and make people trust Mm. you quickly. So then they buy quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that and I freaking loved it. I learned so much about sales in that career. Mm. Um, However, as that career came to a close, I is when I met my husband, my now husband, and we were dating long distance. And I was trying to get the company to transfer me from the office I was in to an office in Australia 
And even though I was fucking killing it for them, making them tons of money, they just wouldn't do it. They didn't trust me. They said our relationship wasn't going to work. I was told I was an immature, naive little girl. And I'll never forget that. And I was just like so defeated. I was sitting there questioning myself, like, is this the right thing to do? And I was like, you know Mm. what? Fuck that. I I had a conversation with my dad. I was in the car, just left my office. I was driving to my mom's house for dinner. And I called my dad because he's in a sales background. And I also felt like I didn't want to quit my job because I didn't want to let my parents down. And I knew how proud my dad was of me for killing it in sales. And I remember calling him and just venting to him and saying, dad, like, I don't know what to do. And he said, kiddo, they don't give a fuck about you. He said, Mm -hmm. the second you leave, they're going to replace you. You can't revolve your life around these people. You need to do what you want to do. And I was like, done. I was like, done. I literally called my boss that weekend. I was like, we need to meet up for coffee. And I was like, I'm not coming in on Monday because they spent months trying to convince me to keep working for them and keep working for them. And it was just going around in circles. I knew I just had to draw that firm line in the sand. I was I'm not coming in. This is it. This is done. Mm. I sold everything, broke my lease, packed up two suitcases, and I moved to Australia on a one-way ticket, got into a couple horrible sales jobs when I got here, <laughs> which is an even longer story, it has to do with visas. Anyone who has ever dealt with visas knows oh. the pain. You can only get certain jobs here on the visas that you're on, yada, yada, yada. I'm working mm. these other sales jobs for people who are less qualified than me. And I'm so bored with it. I'm so over it. So finally, I was like, I got to take control of my own life. And that's how I started my business. (laughs) My God. Oh, like, thank God for that, (laughs) for starters. But like that advice that your dad gave you, like they don't care about you. You've got to live your fucking life, right? Mm -hmm. Because- and oh, this is another thing. I just see, I see so many people in these jobs and they are literally working themselves to the bone. Which is what I was doing. Yeah. Right. And then you leave, you're out the door and they're like, okay, what's like, who's next? Exactly. That's, and you never yeah. hear from them again. You never speak to them again. And yeah. it's just, they don't, yeah, they're on to the next one. They don't care. Yeah. Like if you were to, you know, is, this is morbid, but if you were to die tomorrow, they're going to just fill your position. Like that's 100%. just what happens. They move yeah. on. Because they have to, like, you're at the end of the day, especially in a sales role, mm. you're another number. You're just yep. another number to them. Another person replaceable. to make that company more money. Yep. Another person who is just there to hit a quota. And, and that's yep. it. You're just filling, yeah, you're just filling that position, filling that role. So mm. that advice, it, I think I would have done what I wanted to do anyway. Because that's yeah. just the person that I am. But that really just gave me the push that I needed and also like the confidence and the permission that I needed in that moment to feel good about the decision that I was making. Mm. And I never questioned it. I, once I decided it was game over for me, I never went back and forth. Am I doing the right thing? I never Mm -hmm. questioned if me and my husband were going to work out. Like I was just like, we're doing it. Let's go. That's it. Yeah. You backed yourself and Mm -hmm. yeah, you obviously had the confidence to be able to do that. Right. Mm Um, yeah, I love that. So there's a couple of things I want to, I want to talk about. I'd love to talk about like sales and selling, right? Because this is such a huge part of your background. And one of the things I would love to talk about is how there is this kind of stigma or this, you know, 
this vibe around selling and, oh, it's not, you know, aligned with me. And there's so many women in particular who are holding themselves back because they have this fear of selling. Can mm-hmm. we sort of talk a little bit about that? Like what is it that, that, that holds or from your perspective, what is it that you think holds people back from really sharing what it is that they do and letting the world see their magic and letting the world buy their magic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many layers to this. Like mm. if we look at sales and selling, this is not, this is a male dominated industry. This yeah. is only somewhat recently becoming normal for us to even see women in sales roles and in sales positions. Mm-hmm. We go back to what the forties, fifties, sixties, and the women were at home and yeah. the men were knocking on their doors, selling air conditioning units, or mm-hmm. the men are selling cars in a car yard. And people still have that connotation with sales to this day. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. very, it's very aggressive. Sales yeah. is very forceful. It's, it's very masculine. It's very male dominated. It's sleazy. It's manipulative. It's all, all of these negative things. Mm. Sales is how we live our life. You, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be speaking if it wasn't for sales, because what we're talking on laptops that we bought using internet that we've bought headphones, Mm. like literally every single thing around you, anything that you can look at in your room right now, someone sold it to you somehow, whether they sold it to you directly or they sold it to you indirectly. And I think understanding that and accepting that is kind of like step one is like sales is how we live our lives. People selling us something and us purchasing something is how we live our lives. That is the society that we live in. And you just got to fucking accept that first. Like we cannot live. I can't drive anywhere. I can't get on a plane to see my family if it weren't for sales and look at it that way. Look at it like sales is something that benefits me. Me selling is something that benefits other people. People selling to me is something that benefits me. And just look at it from that perspective to Mm. begin with. Accept the fact that sales is always going to be around us. So how can I leverage sales? How can I sell people something that is going to make their life better or something that is going to solve a problem for them in some way? Accepting Mm. that is always going to be step one. Mm. One of the biggest reasons why people struggle so much with sales is because they're too attached to the actual outcome of selling and they place too much worth and meaning of who they are or how valuable their program is or how Mm. they feel about themselves, they attach that to whether or not people are going to buy. And sales is not something that you can take personally, because if you're taking sales personally and you're taking, and you're afraid of that rejection and you're afraid of people telling you no, and when they do tell you no, you make it mean something more than it's literally just them telling you no, sales is always going to feel like something that you're battling. It's always going to feel defeating. It's always going to feel depleting, draining so, 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 so much. You cannot attach your worth to how much people pay you. You can't attach your worth to whether or not people buy. You have to reconnect to your conviction for the work you do. And you kind of have to show up in the energy as I have this incredible offer. Here's how it's going to benefit you. Here's what problems it's going to solve and the result that it's going Mm. to create you here's the price point you're fucking welcome that I created this program for you move on yeah that's that's the vibe (laughs) and that's the vibe and you're presenting it to people in that way another reason why sales is so difficult for people is because they over complicate selling 
and they actually don't really understand what sales is in the first mm-hmm. place. A lot mm-hmm. of people running their online businesses, unfortunately, they don't understand the difference between marketing and sales, and they don't understand the difference between actual sales skills and just tactics that people use online. Posting on your Instagram story is not a sales skill. Knowing how to articulate your offer is a sales skill. Mm -hmm. Pitching people, like reaching out to people in the DMs is not a sales skill. Knowing how to lead a sales conversation is a sales skill. So what people focus on too much is really all of these like external shiny objects, fancy things that so many people have just kind of thrown online and try to make it sound like it's sales. When really they're not focusing on that foundation, that skills, that knowledge, the understanding of what sales actually is and how sales work. AKA why people buy you tap Mm. into that and you tap into the skills and the actual understanding, then everything's going to make sense for you. And you're going to be a lot more effective in your sales strategy, because then you know whether or not you're doing the right things to move people forward on this buyer's journey that they're on. Mm, Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I love what you said there about, um, yeah, all of it. And like knowing the difference between marketing and sales, can you talk a little bit about that? Like for someone who doesn't know, maybe they're, they're new in their business, what is mm-hmm. the difference between marketing and selling? So the simplest, most basic way that I can put it, marketing is connecting people to your brand, whether mm. that's to you or your message or your values or your product, it's connecting people to your brand. Sales is how you solve their problem. That's it. So marketing is all of the content. It's the emails. It's the nurturing. In my opinion, marketing is the more difficult of the two, right? Sales is literally just being like, here's your problem. Here's how I solve it. Here's the price point. And it's as simple as that. Sales is so simple. And if right now Mm -hmm. sales feels complicated, that means something needs to change with your strategy. That means Mm. you need to develop a stronger understanding of what sales actually is, because when you know what it is, you know that it's simple. You know that it's a short process and a simple process to follow. And then that's all you need to focus on. But what happens so much is these people, so most people, I would say, feel like they need to do an entire song and dance to sell their offers every single day. You feel Mm. like you can't sell your offer unless you tell a story first. You feel that's marketing. You feel like you can't tell your sell your offer until you do a mini training first. That's not sales. The mini training is the marketing side of things. So you're looking at marketing and sales, but thinking it's just sales. That's why it feels so difficult. When you Mm. understand that the two things are separate, it doesn't feel so overwhelming because you can then understand what needs to come into play and when. Is now the right time and the right space for the marketing or is now the right time and the right space for the selling? We need both. Don't get me wrong. They have to coexist Mm. and complement each other but they're not the same thing. And when sales feels so overwhelming and it feels draining and it feels daunting, it's often because those lines are getting blurred and you're confusing it for something that it's not. Mm, So true. And I think when, like, I know a lot of women who have come to me feeling like, I don't, I can't, I can't sell. It's because they haven't been connected with how they actually solve a problem or they haven't Mm -hmm. been connected with what the problem is. They're just trying to sell their coaching. Right, because they've got a qualification now and they know they can do some good, but they haven't actually like taken the time to dive into who their ideal client perhaps is and what their Mm -hmm. problems are and then how they can be the one to actually solve it and to demonstrate that. 
And yeah. I think that, yeah, when, when we reconnect to that, like I'm just solving a problem here mm-hmm. and I'm telling you that if you've got this problem, I can solve it. Yeah. And speaking mm. to the people who have problems that they want solved instead of feeling like you need to market to someone and do the entire process where you're pointing out the problem and then you're convincing them that they have this problem and then you're convincing them what they need to do to change that problem. And then you're convincing them to take action on that problem. And Mm. that for you right now, you feel like that has to be your sales process. No fucking wonder you're exhausted. No fucking Mm -hmm. wonder it feels so hard. No fucking wonder you're avoiding doing it every day because it's a lot and it feels like too much. And you're you're sitting there wondering, why is it feel so difficult for me, but so seamless for other people? Well, that's why right there, because again, you're misconstruing what sales actually is. Yeah. So we just need to simplify it. Right. Always. Like like 99% of the time, that is the answer. It's not even Mm. adding more. It's not a brand new strategy. You know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes those things do need to come into play. But majority of the time, it's refining the things that you're already doing, tweaking Mm. them just to make them better to to improve them, not not constantly creating something brand new and a brand new strategy and a brand new message and over and over again. You're burning everything to the ground constantly to build it back up. That's going to feel exhausting. And you're also going to keep putting yourself behind, behind, behind when you're not allowing yourself to to ever really create anything, to build anything, because you're constantly starting over. You're constantly burning it all to the ground. And again, Mm. no wonder why it's exhausting when you're doing that. Oh, fuck yes, absolutely. And so, Kaylin, like you just absolutely exude confidence in everything that you do like you to me like I watch you and I'm like fucking she's got the most unshakable confidence that I've ever seen how did you cultivate that or you know can you distill it down to anything that that you've done or any experiences or is it just is it just who you are as like annoying as this sounds it is who I am and this is the thing like for everyone that's not the case And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're not going to be successful at business. For me, confidence comes natural. Leadership comes natural. Selling comes natural for me, which is why Mm. my career has literally been built around these things because it's what I'm good at and it feels, and I just have an understanding of it, right? That's not the case for everyone, but that doesn't mean that you can't be successful at leadership. That doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you can't be a conversation. A confident person. That doesn't mean that you can't get good at sales, but it is going to look different for you than it looks for me. Now, just because I exude confidence, that doesn't mean that I'm confident 24 seven. I, I do believe that I've always had a very like leadership personality. You know, you can ask my husband or my mom or my dad, and they'll be like, Caitlin is a a very bossy person. (laughs) (laughs) She will command the room and you're going to do what she tells you to do. Like that is just who I am as a person. And I've been that way since I was a kid, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't always mean that I was the most confident person all the time, even though on the outside, it may look that way. And I Mm. have, you know, been able to, especially like in high school, put up a front that I am confident all the time. No one's Mm -hmm. confident all the time. The people who you look at who you think are the most confident, they're still dealing with shit behind the things, but Mm. behind the scenes. But the thing about me is that I won't let that stop me. I won't let the fact that I don't feel 100% confident stop me 
from moving across the world. I won't let it stop me from starting the business. I won't let it stop me from showing up. I won't let it stop me from creating the new offer, from launching that offer, from pitching the client on the $20,000 package, like whatever it is, just because I have a little bit of fear and doubt doesn't cause me to resist things. And this mm. is where people fuck up is they want it to be perfect so bad. They want all the validation <laughs> to be mm -hmm. there so badly. They want to feel 100% confident. They want to feel 100% at their best. They want to feel like they have absolutely no doubts and then they'll do the thing. And that's yeah. just simply not realistic because you're a human being and your yeah. life has shaped you to be a certain way and the situations you've been in have shaped you to be a certain way and the person you are you are that person for a reason and so you're going to have different feelings especially as an online business owner especially as someone who has a personal brand and it's like my business is my name like my business mm -hmm. doesn't have a name it's my name Kaylin Tkarczyk is my business I am the business like you're not going to feel confident 24 seven, putting yourself out there. You're going to face yeah. rejection. You're going to mm -hmm. face some haters. You're going to face people who disagree with you, but you have to be so convicted in your work. So confident in the value that you're delivering to people and the transformation you're providing. And you have to have such deep connection to your why that you're willing to do those things anyway, even when the mm -hmm. validation's not there. When mm -hmm. I first started my business, when I first started coaching, I didn't start my business with this following. I didn't start my business making 10K months. I didn't start with hundreds of people inside of my programs. I started the same spot that everyone else starts with. I started with absolutely nothing, but you got to yes. build even when it's not there yet. And you got to trust that you're doing the right things and you're paving your way and you're creating all of those other external things. Yes, the validation, the recognition, all of that, the sales that can come later, but you can't be showing up for those reasons. You have to mm -hmm. be showing up because you have such deep belief in your work, such connection and conviction for your work that you decide that you're going to show up no matter what. This is the yeah. reason why the coaching industry, not even just the coaching industry, but the online entrepreneurial industry, mm -hmm. it weeds people the fuck out because it will show you who is committed to this work, no matter what, who is the person who's willing to have that $0 month and you feel yeah. like an absolute bag of shit and you've never doubted yourself more, but you push that to the side and you keep going anyways, because that big month is going to be on the other side of it. But so many people... It's like that graphic, right? Where that guy has like that yes. ax thing that he's digging at and there's like a diamond on one side and the mm -hmm. one guy just gives up and leaves and the other guy gets this huge diamond. I feel like most people yeah. know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what it is. But so many people aren't willing to see through those hard moments to create mm -hmm. those high moments. But the people who are and the people who stay convicted, no matter what, those are the people who build long-term success and long-term wealth for themselves because they're mm. not relying on the confidence to show up. Yeah. They're going to show up anyway, even when the confidence isn't there because practice builds confidence. That's yes. what it comes from. Developing skills builds confidence. That's why I'm so confident in selling because I could sell if someone spun me around, put me in a blindfold and made me do cartwheels down the road, I could give you a sales pitch at the same time. I could do it in yes. my sleep. Like it's nothing now, but I had to build to get to that. It's the years of practice, the mm. years of learning, investment, refinement, 
showing up over and over and over again, even when the results weren't there, when the results weren't there, not taking my foot off the gas and leveraging those results and refining what I was doing to get even stronger results. It's the constant work that's going to build confidence. You're never going to get to the point where you exude confidence and you feel confident all of the time if you're not willing to work towards that, to create Mm -hmm. that for yourself. When you have those skills, when you know what the fuck you're doing and Mm. when you believe in your work and you have some of that claim your fucking space energy, like, yes, I'm fucking excellent at what I do. How can I not get my message out there? When you have that in place, that's where the confidence is going to come from. Absolutely. Oh my God. You like just hit home so many amazing points there. Like this whole waiting to feel confident and then I'll do the thing is something Mm -hmm. that I like I, I hear of a lot of people say, you know, I'm just going to wait until I feel a little bit better, a little, till I feel a little bit comfortable and then I'm going to go and do yeah. the thing. It's not how it works. We go and yeah. do the thing and maybe we fuck it up. We go and do the thing and we, we but learn then you lessons. learn from it. Exactly. exactly. And then you're right? better next time. Yeah. And like I feel if like I that's... didn't have my first shitty launch where I, you want to talk about not having confidence. Like I couldn't <laughs> have been less confident. I was like, crying in my husband's arms with my boyfriend at the time like what is yeah. wrong with me no one yeah. wants to buy from me I'm the worst da, 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 da. and then it's mm-hmm. like get the fuck over yourself move on learn from this and use yeah. it to your advantage so you can be better next time exactly. and then when you have that failed experience under your belt and you've taken knowledge and skills away from it then you can actually be more confident moving forward because experience mm-hmm. is going to build confidence exactly now now you can make educated moves in your business because yeah it didn't work but now you know what doesn't work and so That's you right. can then integrate things that will work you can tweak what doesn't work and try again and you keep trying until you get it right and then when you get it right you keep trying anyways to make it even better. That's how you scale mm. a business. That's how you hit an yeah. income goal. And then once you hit it, that's how you scale that income. Fuck yes. I mean, failure is only feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Unless like, unless we choose to look at it as a failure and we just stop, right? Yeah. If we choose to look at it as though it's feedback, we learn and we grow from it, we do it again, we might fail again. And then we just keep keep going, right? I yeah. absolutely love that. Um, and the other thing, oh, what was the other thing I was going to say? something else that you said that was was really amazing and I have lost it but there were so many amazing <laughs> points there. that's okay like, yes, it'll come back to you in like all an up. hour <laughs> yeah I know later on I'll be like texting you <laughs> well, this is the question. <laughs> I'll voice note you in the answer and then you can yes, crop please. it in <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> I can't remember the last time I edited a podcast so that'd be interesting <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> we'll, we'll just throw the clip on at the end like hey guys by the way we just have one yeah. more thing for you I love that so much. That that is so something that I would do. Tell us about claiming your fucking space. How does somebody who's fairly, maybe fairly new in their business or they've been in their business for a little while, but they're kind of teetering on the edge, they're watering themselves down a little bit. How do they claim their fucking space? Yeah. Well, first you gotta, you gotta remember who the fuck you are and not Mm. just by like sitting there and saying, looking in the mirror and put your hands on your hips and be like, yeah, I'm a badass. Like if you're struggling right now to feel confident in your business, you're struggling to feel like an actual leader within your business, sit down and literally list out everything that you've ever accomplished in your life. Mm. 
all of the qualifications, the degrees, not even that, the experiences, the things that you overcame, the knowledge that you gained, literally anything yeah. like that. Like sit there and just list out everything. Sit down that. and focus on what am I just naturally good at? Like I said, I'm a natural leader. So in mm -hmm. my content, you're going to see that shine through. That's why a lot of my clients come to work with me because they want to tap into that leadership aspect of their business. But for you, it might be something different. I am such a bold, loud person, but I have some clients who they're very soft. They have mm -hmm. like such a nurturing spirit that makes you feel like safe with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, let's lean into that. Let's make sure that your content is showcasing that. Let's make sure that your sales strategy, it's not like a very bold forward strategy. It's going to be more lean back and more like a nurturing strategy because that's yeah. how you start to claim your fucking space is by leaning into your strengths, but you can't lean into your strengths until you identify what are those strengths for you. And you're operating in your zone of genius within your business, because to be quite frank, there's so many people running businesses like they're not, they don't even feel like an expert on the topics that they're speaking about or in the work that they're doing. No wonder there's a disconnect when they're selling. No wonder yeah. they resent their clients. No wonder they don't have fun showing up for those offers, but you can change that. Like when I first started my business, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I became a social media manager. That's how I started mm, my business. Yeah. I had no business being a social media manager. <laughs> I am the most disorganized person like I am I will fully admit that I'm disorganized I'm a procrastinator like I don't work well with other people get like I can give myself a deadline and put my back against the wall but like other people giving me a deadline not only that but like other people telling me what to do and I'm having to like answer to them like I fucking hated that shit and yeah, we I get along so to... well we're so similar <laughs> <laughs> like... and I needed to realize that like I needed yeah. to understand like oh my god I actually hate what I'm doing and then mm. change it so I could step into my power how can I be more of a leader within my business how can I yeah how can I go back into my area of expertise yes I consider myself a, an expert at online marketing but I don't want to implement it for people I want to teach them the skills behind marketing for themselves so then they can integrate and implement for themselves. And then I had to curate yeah. my business around that. Ever mm -hmm. since I did that business felt so much better for me, but it takes yeah. you taking that step back and understanding yourself again mm -hmm. and reconnecting to your natural strengths, you know, looking at your personality, leveraging your personality in your business. If you, if you look at your content right now, and you look at your offer messaging and you look at your sales pages and you go ahead and you read that. And I want you to read it out loud. Does it sound like you? Does it sound like, because we're running so like businesses on social media, it doesn't need to be so curated, polished, oh, yeah. up to a certain standard that someone else has placed on you. Like when you're reading it on the, out loud, does it sound like you? Does it sound like how you would actually have a conversation with people? When I write mm -hmm. my content, I know that I'm using improper grammar and it's like, I know that it's putting my AP Lang teacher, like sending her for, I don't even know. She's going nuts <laughs> reading this stuff. She's like, oh my God, this is not what I taught you. I taught her I'm, nothing. <laughs> I'm typing the way that I speak because when I, yeah. when, even when people read, even without them hearing my voice, I want that personality, that personification of my brand to come across so they, they can feel it. So it's really just yeah. tapping into 
Who are you as the person leaning mm-hmm. into your natural strengths and your personality and curating everything you do in your business around that, your content, your offers, your messaging, and your strategies. Like there are foundations yeah. that we have to have in our business. We have to have the sales strategy, the marketing strategy, the launch strategy. We have to mm-hmm. have the product suite, the customer journey, and the offers. But once we have those things, we can take them and we can personalize them to ourselves. Because just like I said in the beginning of this podcast, that's when you're going to see the best results, but also when it's going to feel the best for you. Meaning that in the long run, you're going to be able to show up and keep doing those things and keep doing those things and keep doing those things because you're not battling against yourself every day, fighting that resistance in order to post the content, fighting that resistance in order to put your offer out there, fighting that resistance in order to sell your program. If business feels like that for you right now, that's a red flag and something needs to change. You need to tap into claiming your fucking space so things can feel natural for you. So you Mm -hmm. take ownership and you feel like you're in power, in your power inside of your business. Because this is the thing. There's so many people out there who, one, they don't take ownership over their business and their results. I don't Mm -hmm. care if I invested in any program. If I have a bad month in my business, it's because I had a bad month in my business. I will never give my power away my life, my results that I'm creating, I would never put that on someone else because then what does that mean? That I can't do anything about it, right? I have no ownership over my own results. Like that is on me at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. So that's a huge part of it, actually taking ownership over the things going on in your business. You made a bad investment, babe, that's on you that you made a bad investment, learn from it, move on, Be smarter about it moving forward. Take something away from it. I promise you it's not the end of the world. Things are never going to pan out exactly as we want them to. There's going to be missteps and mishaps along the way. But the quicker you can realize these things, learn from them and move forward, the more successful you're going to be in business instead of one year ago, you invested in a coach and it didn't go well for you. And now you told yourself you're never going to invest in a coach again, but you have no idea what the fuck you're doing in your business. So good luck. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not going to get you anywhere. And then in another year's time, you're going to realize this and then you're going to do something about it. Now we're two years down the line when really you could have been able to adjust that in less than two weeks time and move forward from there. So the quicker Mm. that you can identify these things, learn from these things and then change these things to move in a more aligned, better direction, the more successful you're going to be in business. Now, the Mm. other side of it outside of that ownership over your business and your results is the leadership that you feel within your business. When you're showing up and you're selling the offer someone told you to sell at the price point they told you to sell it at, and you're using the messaging they told you to use, and you're implementing the strategy they told you to implement, and you're creating the content that they said, Monday, post this, and and yada, 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 so on and so forth. You don't feel in control of your business, and you don't feel like the leader of your business. You feel like someone else has made every decision for you inside of your business, you're delegating your leadership to someone Mm -hmm. else, which means anytime you want to change something within your business or move forward in your business, you feel like you need to run it by someone else because you don't trust yourself because you've given your power away. You've delegated that self-leadership instead of taking ownership over that self-leadership within your business. Your business Mm -hmm. should feel like your business because it was created for you and by you. Yeah, I'm a coach and I and I help my clients and I'll be like, hey, if they need to know how to do something, I'll tell them how to do it. But we're co-creating. 
and yes. we're doing things together. And I'm never just saying, here's what you need to say. I'm pulling the ideas out of them and the verbiage out of them. I'm helping them craft it in a way that sells because that's my expertise. But at the end of the day, they should know their ideal client better than I know them. So I can't tell them exactly what to say because this, this is not my job. It's not my niche. Yeah. I don't fucking know. You have to tell me. So yeah, it's about pulling it out of them, but it's co-creating together. Same thing with the strategy, same thing with an offer. Yeah, I'm helping you do it but we're doing it together. So you always feel in control of your business so that after our coaching container ends, you feel like you have the self-sufficiency to move forward on your own and yes. not need to check in with me and get permission on anything that you're doing in your business. And that's what claiming your fucking space looks like having leadership and ownership over every single area of your business. So you feel like you're in control of your results and your fucking life. Fuck yes. Radical responsibility is everything. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said then as well about it's like you're doing, you're co-creating. You're not just telling them what to do. It's like you teach a man to fish, right? Rather than yeah. give, giving him the fish because yeah. what we want as coaches is for our, our people to be able to go away and be able to live their lives and do their business mm -hmm. in, a, in an independent way, I suppose. We don't want them to have to be feeling like they need to be attached to us or to a coach yeah, at all yeah, times absolutely. right because that attachment is unhealthy it's so unhealthy and you know there was a time when again when I first started I was like oh my god I've always got to be working with somebody mm -hmm. I've always got to have a coach and then I lost this sense of who I was and what it was that yeah. I wanted because yeah. I didn't know what my own voice sounded like yeah exactly and mm. that that's so common and I've had it so is, many clients who come to me with that same problem and then they you know it can end up you feel hesitant even trusting yeah. someone else because you mm -hmm. still don't fully trust yourself and you yes. feel like you don't understand your direction anymore and what you're looking for anymore and that, and that can be a hard position to be in and I totally yeah. get that and I totally validate that and you know whether you want to work with a coach forever or not is completely up to you like it's not a bad thing to work with someone forever but it is a bad thing if you continue working with that person because you don't trust yourself and you're reliant on that person yeah. you're reliant on their permission and them constantly telling you what to do rather yeah. than you're continuing to work with them because you want them in your corner and it's as Absolutely. simple as that you want them in your corner and you trust them and you enjoy working with them and yep. you're still getting something out of working with them that's not just permission Mm, I completely echo everything that you've just said then. That was, yeah, absolute gold. Uh, Kaylin, can you tell everybody where they can find you, how they can work with you if they want to know more and yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the best place to connect with me is on Instagram. My Instagram handle is my name, which I'm sure Carly will put my name on the episode. It's a long name, guys, so I won't spell it out for you, but it's just at Kaylin Tukarczyk, at my first and last name. Absolutely connect with me there. Feel free to send me a DM if you listen to this mm. episode. Let me know what you liked about this episode. Um, for my free program, once you follow me on Instagram, absolutely download my free program the how this is a brilliant program it shows you exactly how myself and multiple clients engineered our first ten thousand dollar cash month in our business but all with different approaches all mm. in different niches and it really emphasizes what it looks like to lean into your strengths in your business so it's just a brilliant program i had so much fun creating it absolutely make sure you download it it's completely free i have my own podcast the claim your fucking space podcast yeah absolutely 
tune into. We're on Apple and Spotify. In terms of my programs and how we work together, my one-to-one program is currently accepting clients. My mastermind, the powerhouse mastermind, will be enrolling shortly, probably by the time that this episode is out, it will be enrolling. But if you have questions on any any other programs, my programs range, they start at $22. DM me on Instagram. We can have a chat. I'll tell you which one makes the most sense for you. Amazing. Thank you so much. There was so much gold in this. And yeah, I'm so grateful to have had you on. This was our second yes rodeo on the podcast so thank you so much for coming back on and I loved this conversation so much thank you so much for having me I had a great time yay